Welcome, everyone, to episode 22 of the National Fan Loop post-Super Bowl edition, season one finale, and we're still kind of recovering from what we saw last Sunday, just the best game of the season, probably, and controversial, yes, full of drama, sure, and but again, you can't expect any less with the two number one seeds go, go face-to-face, and I had a great time. I thought it was, I thought it was everything that we should have all expected. And controversial calls aside, I have no issues with anything with it, with with, all, with any of it. I thought the the referees were pretty balanced for both teams. Maybe in the biggest moment, it just swayed a little bit to the Chiefs. But again, I have no issues with any of it. Um, happy for the Chiefs. Happy for Andy Reid. Happy for all these all these guys that got their first ring and the legacy that Patrick Mahomes is building is fun to watch. What do you think, Sean? Uh, I'm happy for Melvin Gordon, so <laughs> that he gets his uh his ring now that uh, he got carried. <laughs> carried. They carried me. <laughs> uh, I'm happy for the Kelsey family. That was nice to see. But no, it was a great Super Bowl. It was very competitive, very high scoring. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs won, and uh, I guess not to rub it in your face or anything, but I did call it from the beginning of the season. Okay. Even though Kelsey was saying, uh, you know, no one picked the Chiefs, and uh, all I was thinking was, no, 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 I did. Just okay. Just listen to us. I did. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I understand. I mean, I, but ultimately, backtrack it a little bit. You understand why they didn't pick the Chiefs? They were going through a transition year. Can be a rebuilding year when you have the best quarterback in the league. But it was a transition year, and you know, it just—it's just a testament to how fantastic Andy Reid is as a coach. Uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo as a defensive coordinator. You know, there's just—it's just—it's just a machine over there. And but when you—but again, when you have the best quarterback in the league building this legacy, you always have a chance. The thing that shocked me the most was the second half was when the Eagles defense didn't stop the Chiefs once. And that's what led to the Chiefs. Because I know the Eagles were up 10 at, at, at half. And I thought that that was a good sign for Eagles fans to continue to you know hold on to the lead and potentially keep Mahomes away like they did the entire first half where they constantly had ball control and was forcing Mahomes off the field. So that they had a great game plan. But in the second half, you know, Mahomes had the ball the majority and was never stopped once. And obviously, you know, the punt return to the five, it, it was very much in favor for the Chiefs in the second half, and they capitalized. Well, the Philly defense was in disarray, obviously. And again, those, those two plays, the, the touchdown to Kadarius Toney and the touchdown to Sky Moore, on the same play, just opposite sides of the field, it just – goes to show you know there was just a lot of miscommunication there and, and ultimately man this is this comes down to you know the moment the pressure are you built for it and the eagles are definitely built for it but again the experience of, of the chiefs and the head coaching prowess of andy reed just really you know just outlasted what the eagles were doing in the first half yes exactly like you said that experience would come into play and you know the Eagles started off strong, and it, for a second, it did seem like when Mahomes injured his ankle that that was going to be, you know, the the show that that was going to be the talk after the game. But he came back with a vengeance and experience with 
Andy Reid, obviously coaching for both teams, but you know, being in his fourth Super Bowl now, getting the job done, and now he's got two rings. Mahomes has got two rings, and uh, the legacy continues for what Patrick Mahomes could do for the rest of his NFL career. Yeah, and obviously since this game was in the national spotlight and people were just looking at obviously dissecting every single moment of this game, let me ask you all these all these rumors coming out that the NFL might put a squash on that the quarterback sneak, the tush push, the fourth and ones that obviously the Eagles were getting it every single time. And now they're thinking about removing that. I mean, you know, a lot of criticism when it comes to that. I don't find an issue with it whatsoever, but I guess when it's fourth and one, you want a little bit more drama. You know, you want a little bit more of the of the eyeballs, you know, on the TV. So I guess that's that's something that they're going to consider. But I don't know. Me personally, I don't I don't I don't like the fact that they might get rid of that. What do you think? I don't like that at all. I think you can't keep nerfing this game anymore. And, you know, it's only come up because of the Super Bowl. But that has been done all season long and it was never an issue. And the Eagles saw from the very beginning. That was the thing I kept saying during the Super Bowl was that the Chiefs had almost no answer to any time Jalen Hurts had the ball and he was, you know, and, and running. So obviously the one a fumble, which ends up being a, a return for a touchdown, that cost them. But um, besides that, every single, the very next play, they do it again. Like they just knew that they had something going. And in the fourth and ones with the push, I loved it. You know, it was like, they had a great game plan against that team. And it's not like that's a play that's, an, you know, impossible to stop. It's it's it it's not unbeatable. So, you know, you see plays like that. Yeah, you know, they, they were getting three to four yards. It doesn't make it as competitive as you want for a Super Bowl, but come up with a game plan to stop it. You know, it's it's a QB sneak or a QB push, whatever you want to call it. But no, I, I if, if they ban that or, you know, whatever they want to call it, I'd be very upset because you, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep finding things to nerf the league more and more each year. It, it this that That's just a simple play that works for a first down. Find a way to stop it. That's what you know. You're in the NFL for a reason. You're a defense coordinator for a reason. Find a way to stop that play. That's it. Yeah, for sure. And both, honestly, both teams are going to be back next year. They're both primed for a good little two, three-year run, both of them. Obviously, the I, w- I would say that the – the Chiefs maybe for a little bit longer because they have the best quarterback. You know, I'm sure Jalen Hurts is going to get signed as well. So if he gets signed and it's a, it's a team-friendly deal, both teams are going to be very, very good for a very long time. And obviously there's been, just like every Super Bowl, there's fallouts after every Super Bowl. You're either going to get a, a player who just did amazingly and get is going to get a big contract after the, after the, when free agency starts. But coaches are all over the news this this uh, these couple of days after the Super Bowl both eagle coordinators getting jobs as head coaches uh Shane Steichen with the Colts and Jonathan Gannon with the Cardinals both going into very dicey situations but again six year deals they're putting the faith in all of them how do you feel about the Steichen hire with the Colts I like it because I don't really know what the Colts game plan is be you know starting next season I don't know what they're looking for because they need a, like a complete restart in my mind. So I think it's, it's a great hire. You know, you get a coach who obviously just went to the Super Bowl, and now you get that experience. So I also feel that 
you know, with firing Frank Reich and then you obviously with the whole experiment with Jeff Saturday, if you want to call it that, it, it couldn't get much worse for an NFL hire. But so, you know, I think this is going to be a great move for the Colts. I hope Steichen is, is prepared for the next step as an NFL head coach. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they want to bring, you know, quarterback wise to this team to match what, you know, the Eagles were doing over there. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how everything changes in Indianapolis because now you get a completely different style of offense. The Colts have been running with, you know, obviously with Phillip Rivers and you had Matt Ryan. And now, you know, Steichen comes in after with just with Jalen Hurts, a completely different set of skills. So it's going to be very interesting to see with the Colts and obviously a completely new formula, complete turnaround uh, in what the Colts do on offense. I mean, they got that fourth pick in the draft coming up, see what they do with it. I mean, again, I, you know, you know, they, they've been trying this whole retread quarterback thing for so many years, but again, that's with veteran head coaches. And now that you have a young guy, you figure he wants to maybe build up his own person. And, you know, they might just pull the trigger on a quarterback with that fourth pick. So Jeff Saturday is a one and done and probably in the NFL. I don't see him Entirely getting another NFL, NFL job. 100%, 100%. So, you know, thank you, Jeff, and go back into retirement. And, you know, thank you for everything you've done in your Hall of Fame playing career. For sure. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> All right, but then let's go, let's go to the third pick in the draft. Those Darn Arizona Cardinals. Man, that franchise. Holy hell. Again, I don't get this hire. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Neither. No idea what they see in Jonathan Gannon. Again, I'm pretty sure he's a great coach, and I'm pretty sure he's a fantastic interview. But you know what? I've interviewed plenty of people, and I've been fooled, <laughs> and I don't get it. The reality is that this guy – just blew the Super Bowl, basically. His defense was just in disarray the entire time. It may have even, you know, and we've talked about this off air, that that defense was maybe a little bit blown up because the competition just wasn't there for most of the season. They faced a lot of backup quarterbacks, and they faced a lot of just guys in slumps during throughout the season. And maybe those, those sack numbers that, you know, they had, I think, 77 uh, sacks as a team. You know that that may have been a lofty number simply because the competition just wasn't there for a lot of for especially after week five. So I think I'm going to be highly critical about this one because even though I you know you have your opinion about Brian Flores all you want he was a finalist and I'm gonna I'll be honest with you I don't think he wanted that job I don't think he wanted that situation and that's why he took that job with Minnesota because that dude can lead and I've and we've said it before that Kyler Murray needs an adult in the room. Need someone to really shape him up, you know, pretty much put the clamps down on his immaturity. And I don't know if this Jonathan Gannon is the guy, but I guess they're going to give it a shot. <laughs> I really, really have a lot of question marks about this hire. I figure you are more or less on the same boat. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, uh, it's exactly what we said when we talked about this, when the regular season ended on how upset I was and how confused I was where they publicly said that we were giving, that they were giving Kyler Murray a voice in this coaching search. 
And that made no sense to me. So I don't see how a defensive coordinator with no head coaching experience comes in and is going to discipline Kyle Murray. Now I just feel like the, the show is just going to get worse in Arizona. I, and I'm not trying to say that he's a bad coach because he's not. But I just don't see a way where Kyle Murray matures from this, from a coach like this. And I don't see how the situation in Arizona you know, grows to what they want, which is you know, getting a franchise quarterback like him back in the postseason. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think the I think the Arizona situation is ugly. It's messy, and it's gonna go. It's gonna go downhill real, real quick. And I think we're gonna see it, especially the first half of the season with no Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray still gives you magic, and Kyler Murray will win some games just based on his own talent. But is it sustainable? I don't think so. Now the other side of the coin, Eric Bieniemy, mm. the Commanders, not a promotion. Just a lateral position. And I understand it's been discussed a lot. I understand why he's right now is living in the shadow of Andy Reid. He is not getting the credit that he likely deserves in all this. And it seems like if he wants to be a head coach in the NFL, he's going to have to basically go out on his own and coach up a offense on his own with likely, you know, like in the case of, of Washington with a defensive head coach like Ron Rivera. So basically all the pressure will be on him. He'll have to coach up the team and then, you know, see if his uh, prospects improve in the next couple of years. So he could become a head coach in the NFL. Honestly, man, I think it sucks that you have to leave a situation, you know, when you're coaching Patrick Mahomes, Jason Kelsey, a young offensive line, and likely in a great atmosphere working under Andy Reid for all these years, just so you could go have to prove yourself to the rest of the league, not just to yourself, because I'm pretty sure he knows he can do it, but to the rest of the league. Yeah, the guy has had, I think, between 10 and 15 head coaching interviews and hasn't gotten hired. And again, that's there's something off about that, in my opinion. But the fact that he has to even consider doing this I mean, it's just downright criminal. I'm sure he doesn't want to leave, but he's not getting he's not getting the opportunities uh, around the league to to become a head coach. So I understand why he's doing it, but I don't like it. We talked about this off air a lot, and you kind of opened my eyes to this, where he's been offered, and, and we've talked about this for so many times and so many years, where he has been offered so many different uh, interviews with teams. And for years and off seasons and off seasons on off seasons where he just constantly meets with other teams and interviews with other teams, but never ends up taking a job, ends up always going back to Kansas City. And I never really thought about it until you brought it up. Like he never really gets the offer or if he does, he never accepts the offer. And that kind of opened my eyes to like, I wonder why that is and completely fresh start and you can I guess, get out of the shadow of Andy Reid. And then in a year or two, you could go back to being a head coach uh, if you want to, if you, you know, take the commanders to a, you know, whatever above 500 record or 20 some points a game, whatever you want to call it. But I wish him the best. And uh, I just don't think it's going to happen now. Yeah, it's, it kind of feels like he's like the next version of Josh McDaniels that he's just the yes. person who just identifies under a head coach right now. Yes. And, you know, I was just thinking that. 
yeah, he, he, he just kind of identifies as the Andy Reid guy, just like McDaniels was the Belichick guy. And so far, McDaniels hasn't had that success without Belichick. So, but the fact that, you know, the fact that at least McDaniels has had opportunities, you know what I mean? And now, yes. you know, he just hasn't, but he's interviewed so much. And there's just something off about that. Okay, maybe maybe they just feel he can't lead an entire team, which I understand. But how about this? We've just gotten to, this has gotten to the point that an explanation is kind of needed because all we're doing now is speculating. And the speculation is basically just, you know, what we always think that there's just a stigma against minority coaches in the NFL, which, you know, you can't deny it's there. So, you know, it's, it's, it just sucks that he has to make a lateral move just to, quote unquote, prove himself to these owners. It's just unfortunate. Again, we saw we saw it now with Philadelphia. Two coaches did not win the Super Bowl, and they get they get jobs, six year contracts, millions of dollars. It's just it's just off. Right, around the league, there's just been some you know. There's always news right after the Super Bowl. You know, around the league, there's been some notable coaching hires, a uh, couple significant, couple or not. But we're just going to touch on them real fast. Uh, Sean, you have a new. Passing downs, you know, passing coordinator. Is that is that is that what it is? Passing game coordinator. Pass game coordinator, coming from one of the worst pass teams in the league. That's so Jets. Yes, it is. So tell me about Todd Downing. Do you really want me to? No, <laughs> but I want you to say it. <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised anymore. You know, I'm. I've seen Nathaniel Hackett now be the coordinator, and then you get Todd Downing to be the passing game coordinator. This just like it just breathes like a dumpster fire waiting to happen. But I don't know. You know, people are now putting together this thing where the Jets are going to go after Ryan Tannehill. Oh yes, make it happen, guys. And so we can be, you know, in the bottom five of the league in passing and just. I, I at this point I'm not surprised by anything the Jets do. They roll the dice on something that seems to be certified and official, but they just keep doing what they want to do anyway. So I hope when I listen to myself like I am right now, I am dead wrong. And everyone who listens to this can laugh at me because what I see happening is a situation where Rogers doesn't come to the Jets, even though I don't want him to. Derek Carr doesn't come either, and a situation of Ryan Tannehill forms his way back into the AFC East, and I don't want that. I'm not trying to say I know you're, you know, as a big Dolphin fan over there. I know you like Tannehill and all that, but oh, adore him, adore him. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm good. I'm good on Tannehill. I've I've never been a believer on Tannehill's passing, and I'm not going to start now. So I'm good on Tannehill wearing green and white. And uh, with the defense we have now, I, I'm good. So this better not start something. I hope that whoever the Jets quarterback is next season has one of the best seasons ever because with these two guys to listen to, I don't know. It's good luck to whoever the quarterback is. Man, tell me how you really feel. Another guy I want to mention to you, speaking of the Jets, it's Brian Schottenheimer. Oh, making his way back to the NFL after Ooh. being the offensive coordinator during the Rex Ryan era. 
and he's now back and you know with the offensive coordinator for, with Dallas. I know he was the you know the passing game coordinator for the Jaguars I think last season, and I think he was part of the Dallas Cowboys if I don't if I remember correctly in some sort of aspect this season. But I am very very confused but excited to see what Schottenheimer can bring uh, as a you know offensive coordinator now at 2023 2024 level because this is going to be very very interesting i haven't seen him do anything significant since his time with the i think it was the seahawks the seahawks and obviously i remember him with his you know six or seven years with the jets so this is going to be very interesting i'm excited to see this for sure I mean, it's Mike McCarthy all day long. I mean, he's, I mean you're, yeah. you're, you're basically just giving McCarthy more and more say and power within the Cowboys organization. And I don't know if that's the recipe for success. I don't think it is. But it goes to show, like we talked about before, is this loyalty factor, this faith factor that's within the Cowboy organization. And this is just another one of those examples that you're just putting way too much stock into a head coach that ultimately good. But difference maker? Absolutely not. But they're treating him like one. Yeah, I'm surprised that I don't know what there's, you know, and maybe this is just me not knowing the NFL offensive coordinator game. But I would think that I would have more confidence in the future of Kellen Moore than Brian Schottenheimer at this point. Sure. But I, apparently it didn't work in Dallas. And I'm surprised that they yanked that uh, from Kellen Moore so quickly with the loyalty that they have over there in Dallas. But I, I like you said last episode or the episode before. I expect big things from Kellen Moore in, in Los Angeles now with the Chargers. So I'm, that's going to be really exciting. Watch him completely turn his entire coaching career around with with this new uh, team he's on. No, hundred percent. He's going to do good things over there. We uh, I have all the faith in the world that he's going to do just amazing things for Justin Herbert's career. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of those Jets, man, Rex Ryan's in bring the it game. on. Yep, Rex there it Ryan's is in the news. Rex Ryan coming back from the dead like Beetlejuice. Yeah. You know, it's just mm-hmm. one of those guys that just does not go away. And he has not been a coordinator since 2008. And all of a sudden, one of the front runners for the defensive coordinator job with the Broncos. Man, we're talking about the just going back to what is it? Cover zero? Just going to do cover zero all day long? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let Victor Cruz go to the house for 99 yards on Christmas Eve. Nice. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, no, I, I remember. Look at that, Melanie. I don't forget that. Yeah. I don't know. You know, uh, whatever the Broncos are thinking, stop thinking it uh, and do something else. Because this, I'm telling you, I promise you, I love Rex Ryan. I do from his time or what he's done to the Jets, 2009, 2010, and even parts of 2011. But Rex Ryan hasn't done anything in the NFL significantly since his time with the Bills, and that was a train wreck. So I don't know what the Broncos are seeing. I get it. He's an incredible defensive mind, but he was an incredible defensive mind almost a decade ago. So I wish the Broncos the best if that's who they end up hiring, but because they have one of the top you know, five defenses in, in the league. But I think they forgot how long it's been since he's been in the league. So I wish him the best. If that ends up happening, um, prepare yourself because he either is going to be one of the top defenses the league has ever seen or one of the worst 
very, very quickly. So good luck to, you know, all those Bronco fans. And uh, the ride that you're about to go for is not going to be fun. Rex Ryan Express is never dull. That's for sure. Rex Ryan and Russell Wilson. What they say, let's ride over there. What Oof. ride is that? Oof, bumpy, bumpy. Rex Ryan, Sean Payton, and freaking Russell Wilson. Hey, give me get, put put hard knocks in that locker room. <laughs> that's put exactly that is <laughs> wild. Must see. TV. That is that's going to be a sideshow in itself. They they have to put it in. They have to put cameras in there. They have to put cameras have in. To. Let's go have get a to. goddamn snack. <laughs> uh one more one more hire i want to touch on uh todd monken uh offensive coordinator from the university of georgia jumping ship going to the nfl new offensive coordinator with the baltimore ravens all reports say that he was not assured that lamar jackson would be back obviously that's very telling considering the situation going on in baltimore uh again we don't really need to go too far into it you know georgia was an explosive offense with a you know in college and you know the talent level, it will be just as good, obviously, in the NFL. I'm not saying it's going to translate, but it's definitely uh, very telling that they did not assure that Lamar would be back. So, again, the Ravens are just going to, you know, they've, they've never been the type to overpay on a quarterback. Doesn't look like they're going to start now. And you better, you, you know, it's, it's the culture. You buy in or you get out. One less quarterback to worry about. Derek Carr saw his way, forced his way out of the Las Vegas Raiders. I knew that was going to happen. There was no chance in hell that he was going to get traded. He wants to he wants to have all the control in the world and he wants he had the he had the control because of the no trade clause, but he wanted to make sure that the Raiders did not benefit one freaking ounce from his departure and he made sure of that by telling them that he was not going to accept the trade anywhere and was forced to be released. So he is a free agent. I still am on the boat that he will end up somewhere in the NFC South, whether it be with the Buccaneers, whether it be with the Saints, or whether it be with the Panthers. I do not see him going to Atlanta. But, you know, that's that's just the way that I see it. I really don't think he's a, he's going to go to the Jets either. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be another team in the mix, but that's really where I see him going. Maybe the Titans are, might be in the mix as well. But uh, I see him going to the NFC South. But regardless, I'm just – I'm just glad that I saw the writing on the wall and I called it and I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. So what do you see Derek Carr making his future home? I got to give it to you. You called it from last week that he was not going to accept the trade anywhere. Why would you accept the trade anywhere? I think it's perfect for Carr and Carr can now get a completely fresh start. Where I see him is going to be a tough one. I said last week that I wouldn't be surprised if I would if he could end his way up in Tampa or in in Carolina. I could see him on the Jets as well, but I just think the Jets are too blinded by Aaron Rodgers. But they're blinded by that. I don't think Derek Carr will be a Jet, but I could see Derek Carr in the NFC South starting over, or even the Saints because of obviously trying to get that trade work over there, but I could see him in the NFC South with one of those three teams. I don't see it in Atlanta, but one of those three teams for sure, I could see uh, Derek Carr suiting up next year. I mean, with the early, I mean, he wanted to put the control back in his hands, obviously. And and the thing was that the early rumor saying that Daniel Jones, it might end up with a $35 million plus contract. 
So if Daniel doesn't end up with $35 million, how much is Derek Carr going to get? Probably in the in the low for, you know, low 40s, $45 million, more than he was making before. So he has a chance to just even make more money at this point and just sign on with a team that can likely win now. And Derek Carr will win you. He's a 10-win quarterback guy. Again, he's in that Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins mold. And again, nothing out of this world. But yeah, a top 15 quarterback that you will win some games with. Yeah, but his one weakness is he can't win in cold temperature. He's proven that. He's had a really difficult time when it, you know, trots below 40 degrees. Yeah. And it's definitely shown. That's uh, why it's time so to go south. That, time to go south. So, exactly. That's exactly why I think the NFC South, because it's, it, you know, you pick Tampa, it's warm there all the time. So, I could definitely see him staying over there and avoiding the cold. And if Daniel Jones gets $35 million, that's a joke. But it's the NFL, and the NFL is, is – the contracts now are ridiculous. But Daniel Jones was a year away from being irrelevant. a backup quarterback and irrelevant in this league. But Mike Kafka turned him around with, along with Brian Dable. But if he gets $35 million, man, that's, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. And then if he's getting $35 million, Derek Carr is going to get more. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see when we get to you know the offseason. We'll end up talking about it. But like I said, I, I can see Carr heading south and most likely with the NFC. Well, season one, Sean. We got through it. <laughs> yes, we did. And honestly, man, it's been awesome. And we're gonna do season two. We're gonna do season three. We're gonna see. We're gonna do season thirty of this thing. It's just one of those things that you know we we wanted to get into it, and we have done it, and we will keep doing it, and we will keep doing it all off season. We're gonna cover, you know, the drafts, you know, a little bit of the combine. Free agency is gonna be so much fun because the NFL has all of a sudden become like the NBA, full of drama. Full of yes. everything, full of movement, plenty to cover. And we will be checking in periodically with all of you. So keep listening, keep pushing, and follow us on social media at National Fan Loop on Twitter and Instagram. And let's keep rolling, baby. That's right.